0: We are here because we want to build a better Amazon. Who wants to build a better Amazon?
1: (laughs) Hundreds of Amazon employees walked out of the office in Seattle this week, gathering in between the company's headquarters towers while holding signs, participating in chants, and listening to speakers urge the tech giant to do better.
0: Let's make our voices heard by Andy Jassy and the S team. This is our world. This is our world! This is our company! This is our company! I'm so proud of all of us! Yes!
1: It was part of a global walkout that organizers said drew participation from more than 2,000 Amazon employees worldwide. So why did they walk out? And what do they hope to accomplish? On this episode of the GeekWire podcast, we hear from Amazon employees in the crowd and speakers at the podium. We explain the company's perspective, and we put the walkout in the larger context of tectonic shifts taking place in the tech industry. Welcome to GeekWire. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop, and I'm here with Kurt Schlosser, GeekWire reporter. It's great to see you, Kurt. Hi, Todd, good to be back. So you had some adventures this week. You went down to the Amazon campus And when you've been in the past to try and find Amazon employees to talk with, just randomly approaching people on the street, it's it's often difficult to get Amazon employees to talk. This time was very different, in some ways at least. Certain Amazon employees had a lot to say. This was the walkout that had been planned, a demonstration urging the company to take bolder action on the climate and also to reconsider its return to office policies Give us a sense for what you saw and heard down at Amazon
2: HQ outside the spheres this week. Yeah, Todd, there was quite a bit of talking. There was chanting. There was uh, some clapping, uh, yelling. A lot of fired up people. We estimated a few hundred uh, walked out at the noontime hour on the plaza there by the spheres next to the day one headquarters tower sun came out and people were distracted from getting lunch for a minute to to listen to a variety of speakers and to wave signs and air their grievances about these topics that they think upper management is ignoring. Uh, chiefly, the return to work policy that started May 1st, where employees are required to be back in the office three days a week, at least, and their concerns about Amazon falling short of its climate pledge initiatives. So it was kind of a twofold protest and lasted about an hour, and then people presumably went back into the office where they didn't want to be. (laughs) (laughs) I know people are accustomed to Amazon warehouse employees
1: increasingly speaking out against the company, but to me, this was notable in part because corporate and tech employees, historically at least, have not been as outspoken on these issues, and it reflects the change that we've seen over the past six months to a year as the economy has turned and companies have started to cut back. Now, one of the employee groups that organized this particular protest, Amazon Employees for Climate Justice, actually goes back a number of years and has been pushing the company in a variety of ways over that timeframe. But the other organization, which is focused on remote work, is relatively new and grassroots. And I thought it was interesting. One of the speakers that you heard from was an Amazon employee who started the internal Slack channel that created this groundswell of opposition to the return to office policy. The
2: event was the climate group's event. And at least that's what I was told. And, and then the remote group sort of joined on when they became such a force within Amazon with this internal Slack channel that attracted some 33,000 employees. Here's an extended clip from the employee who created the Slack channel,
1: Pamela Hater, that puts the return to office controversy into broader perspective.
0: Back in February of this year, Andy Jassy, Amazon CEO, announced that this May, Amazon's policy of allowing individual directors to determine remote work would come to an end. I remember when I first read that announcement, my heart just dropped because I knew immediately the sort of negative impact that this would have on my family. Working from home had allowed me the opportunity to be with my family more than I had ever had before A little bit of a secret, I am a workaholic, a true trait of an Amazonian, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate. So before the pandemic, I rarely found myself having time to spend with my family. I either was in meetings at all hours of the day, I was stuck in hours long traffic getting to the office, I would spend eight plus hours at that said office, only to then yet again be stuck in more hours long traffic on the way home so the time that i spent at home was laughable at best team i gotta tell you and believe me when i say my family felt that so being but at the time i didn't know that there was a different world that was possible so we just did what we thought we had to do but when i think back on that time it makes me really sad because now standing here today in front of you i realize that it doesn't have to be that way We don't have to spend hours of our lives in traffic, hours of our lives at an office building. We can be productive, customer-obsessed. We can do our good work. We can make a difference. And it does not have to be in an office building.
2: This employee, Pamela Hayter, who's been at Amazon for eight years, called the Slack channel the largest concrete expression of employee dissatisfaction in our entire company history during her speech to the crowd. Historic. (laughs) History being made on Slack. (laughs) Trying to think like, what what was the largest before that? 200 (laughs) people angry about lack of poop bags at the dog park?
1: (laughs) (laughs) To the point of us laughing about this, Kurt, it can come off as somewhat petty. But in fact, the remote work group positioned this as an issue of equity and of fairness. Some of the norms that were created during the pandemic created more of a level playing field for people with disabilities, others who have extenuating circumstances, who might not be able to make it into the office on a regular basis in the same way or with the same ease as some of their colleagues. And so in a lot of ways, these are substantive issues being discussed here, not just for the company and the industry, but for individuals who have to grapple with this new policy that, as you said, went into effect on May 1st.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I spoke to a couple different employees who expressed that exact sentiment. One said, I asked him, how do you feel about coming in three days a week? He said, I'm coming in five, five days, days a week.
1: week. I can walk to work, but there aren't that many people like me. And I also don't have to be a caregiver. Uh, I don't have any dependents. So I'm in a position where it's OK for me to come in the office, but I think I'm in the minority, a very vast minority.
2: But he goes, I'm out here for my colleagues who don't have that luxury, whether it's because they're a caregiver or they have a disability that has made working from home an easier prospect. It really
3: bothers me that I've been a company that's 70% men in corporate Amazon. It's 80% men at the manager level. And I just feel like the tech industry holds so much of the wealth in the city animals. and the We're country so that it, I, it's really important to me that it be a more diverse and accessible line of work for everyone and seeing the teammates of mine who are immediately looking for new jobs because they are caregivers or they have a health issue or they don't qualify for a disability everybody. but they can't make it to the office come for some, on, some other reason um, just makes me furious. <laughs> I want to see that
1: change. <laughs> in a video posted online by the company last month, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy is shown greeting employees individually as they walk into the company's headquarters, before sharing his own perspective on the importance of returning to the office. Well, I'm really excited to have more of my teammates back in the office. You know, I think we're pretty convinced that we're going to invent and collaborate better when we're in the office more together. I think the riffing that happens is really different. I think the ability to map out ideas in the whiteboard when you're done with a meeting is different. Those serendipitous meetings happen a lot more when we're together. I also think it's easier to be connected to one another and to understand the culture better when we're here together. When you work with talented and inventive people like we do, it's, it's also more fun to be together. So I'm excited to have everybody back. One more perspective on the return to office issue. We did hear from some readers, unaffiliated with Amazon, who criticized the walkout. They pointed out, for example, that for more than two years during the pandemic, Amazon's warehouse workers had no choice but to come to work as the company dealt with huge demand from shoppers at home. After the break, Amazon and the planet.
0: Technology moves fast. I need to move faster. WGU's competency-based education puts me in control of how fast I move through my IT degree program. I can accelerate my program by applying what I already know to my courses and focusing on the things I need to learn. Earn a respected accredited degree that propels your career in the IT field. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash So
1: climate issues were obviously key as well and on their webpage encouraging employees to walk out. The organizers said that Amazon is severely undercounting its carbon footprint, disproportionately polluting communities of color, increasing carbon emissions, 40% since 2019 killing clean energy legislation, all of these things, a laundry list of things that the Amazon employees for climate justice say really runs counter to the company's climate pledge. Today we are announcing the climate pledge, the climate pledge, is to meet the goals of the paris agreement 10 years early amazon becomes the first signatory to the climate pledge we want to use our scale and our scope to lead the way of course the company says boy they've been doing the best they can it takes time to accomplish these things and they remain on track according to amazon to get to 100 renewable energy by 2025 they continue investing substantially so you've got both sides of this but Clearly, this was a platform for the employees to air their views and to bring attention to these issues in a very public way.
2: Yeah, the term greenwashing was thrown around quite a bit. Uh, it was on the banner behind the speaker's podium, and several employees used that term when speaking to me. Uh, a couple of them openly mocked the fact that Amazon has slapped the climate pledge name on the arena uh, over at Seattle Center. They said that's nice for media purposes and for hand-waving, but it does really nothing to get at the issues that they're concerned about.
3: It's frustrating because Amazon made the Climate Pledge, uh, which is net zero emissions by 2040, and they boast about it all the time. I mean, we have the Climate Pledge arena blocks from here, and yet if you look at the sustainability reports, our emissions are only going up, and uh, on top of that, there was this pledge called Shipment Zero, which was 50% of shipments being zero carbon. And yet, last week, they dropped that silently. And internally, we learned about that from a reporter, not from Andy Jassy or from uh, Worldwide Sustainability. And so, it's, it's really frustrating to publicly see Amazon say that they're going to do better about the climate, and yet... In reality, we're only going in the wrong direction. Um, So that's frustrating.
1: As you may have noticed, despite reassurances from organizers that they would be safe from any retribution, the employees Kurt spoke with were not comfortable sharing their names on the record. As he spoke with employees at the rally, Kurt asked several of them, so why are you still working here?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. I mean, uh, I joined Amazon in 2019, you know, with the Climate pledge Fresh. I was really feeling great about it, and I feel fortunate that I work with great colleagues. Um, but absolutely, I mean, I sometimes I feel like I'm part of this greenwashing machine, and I'm not... Um, I'm not part of something bigger and so I, you know, I've brought up sustainability in meetings and yet leadership doesn't see it as a priority. And so I feel like this is the only way to like get their ear and tell them that we're not okay with
2: this. These concerns that are being raised, do they ever make you wonder why do I work at this place? I love my work at Amazon. I've never worked with better, more capable
1: people. This job is really suited to what I care about. And I do want to fight for it. But there is one last controversy to discuss. That's after the break. Kurt, I hate to go all Sean Spicer on you here, but I feel like we have to address and discuss the questions that came up over the size over the size of this crowd. I was tempted in our discussions to just call it Bigly. <laughs> but, but this was a crowd. You were there. And I was looking at the photos and our estimate was 300 to 400 people. And the organizers said that about a thousand pledged to walk out and very well may have walked out, but they also contended that the bulk of those thousand based on their count were in that courtyard in the spheres between the Amazon spheres and the Doppler building right next to the day one tower, which is the headquarters I got to say,
2: I, I don't think that was the case. Yeah, I, it it tightened up a bit when it finally got started, um, but there were a lot of people sort of on the periphery like, hey, should I should I go get a salad or should I listen to these uh, uh, co-workers of mine um, talk about these issues? It, it was, I kind of couldn't tell who was there for the rally and who was just kind of passing by. Some people were up behind the podium at the dog park, some were hidden in the trees and the bushes that, are, uh, that, ring, <laughs> that ring the spheres. Uh, some were hiding behind their signs. I, you know, Amazon uh, has been known to dabble in facial recognition technology. I, I wonder uh, about standing in that, in that plaza and uh, giving up your face for future uh, uses. One would hope
1: in an altruistic <laughs> way that none of this would be used for retribution. And in fact, <laughs> the groups reassured employees who were considering participating in the, in the walkout that they were effectively legally protected as a form of demonstration and free speech to do this kind of walkout without fear of retribution. The crowd size intrigued me in part because the size of the crowd is an indication of the momentum that's behind this movement. The organizers said, as we mentioned, that they had about 1,000 people pledged to walk out in Seattle, and that's out of 2,143 worldwide. They also noted anecdotally that some people walked out without pledging in advance to do it. and The pledges were interesting because they wanted to reach a threshold of 1,000 people promising to walk out before they went ahead with it. For context, when you take that 1,000 in Seattle or 2,100 worldwide number, then that compares to 65,000 corporate and tech workers in Seattle overall for Amazon and about 350,000 worldwide. So, a relatively small fraction of Amazon's workforce.
2: I would have been much busier if fifty thousand people flowed out of those buildings into the streets and turned the return to office (RTO) rally into WTO-style uh, full-on <laughs> Seattle mayhem.
1: <laughs> We're not at that point yet with the Amazon employee base yet, at least.
2: Yeah, I'm angry. I'm hungry. What do I do? <laughs> I don't know that chant. You'll hear it at your local salad bar in South Lake (laughs) Union. (laughs) All right. Well, this was an
1: interesting week in part because I think it represented this tug of war, this change in the balance of power between employees and big tech companies. And that's in part because you've got the stock price tanking and layoffs happening and this return to office mandate all happening at the same time. And it's creating this really complex stew of emotions and motivations. And you're seeing tech employers and tech employees at odds more than they have been in the past. Thank you, Kurt. Thanks, Todd. See the show notes for related links and stories. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the GeekWire podcast.